Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It's not easy being a Pharisee. It is not easy being a Pharisee. Your name has become a byword for religious hypocrisy. You are rebuffed by the Lord Jesus. People, whether they're religious or not, all of them will invoke your name with, and with a spit. Ugh, Pharisees, awful. You're regarded as like the crab apples of history. You might have looked good on the outside, but you leave this awful taste in the mouth. It's not easy being a Pharisee. And I think it's safe to say that the uh, collection of Pharisees continues to be on the rise, even in our day. And not just among religious people. No, no, no. Now, as you look around in our world, there are Pharisees in every sector of society. Celebrities are very popular among the Pharisee sect. And so too, even our, our sports, athletes, and of course, most of all, in politics. There are Pharisees all over the place. And so while they might be regarded as crab apples, they are also that streak of Pharisaism. It's also kind of like McDonald's. You know what I'm talking about, how everybody says that they don't like McDonald's, and yet inwardly, secretly, you know that you love to indulge in it. Mm those French fries. And so perhaps you're wondering now, Pastor, how do I become part of this elite club of the Pharisees? How can I be reckoned among their number? As you say, it's not easy, but I'm prepared to do what it takes. So share with me, Pastor, what can I do? And I got to tell you guys, especially for, for you Christian folks, perhaps you Lutheran folks in particular, there's some real hurdles to get over, right? All of that belief in original sin and being saved by grace and so forth. Well, that can be tough if you really want to become a Pharisee. Tough, but I can tell you I've met a handful or more of Pharisees, even among you Lutherans in my day. So it's possible. It's very possible. And so, this morning, I'd like to set out for you three easy steps how you too can become a Pharisee. Three easy steps. You can pay me later. And uh, we've got in our gospel reading today a natural example, the archetype of Pharisaism in the story that Jesus tells. And so, as we look at him, as we, we watch him, we'll see what does it take for you and me to become a Pharisee. Well, step one is this. Fixate on yourself. Fixate on yourself. Are you familiar with your navel? Because you're going to need to be. Navel gazing, serious navel gazing, is a pre 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 prerequisite. Prerequisite. Say that five times fast. <laughs> it is a prereq if you are going to become a Pharisee. You have got to Focus almost exclusively on your wants, on your preferences, on your needs. Forget about everybody else. If you're going to become a Pharisee, you need to fixate on yourself. How do we see that in our gospel reading from this archetype of Pharisaism? Well, notice a couple of things about this guy. First of all, he comes to the temple at the hour of prayer. And at that time, all of the, the throngs of God's people are going to be coming in there and he could have easily, simply found himself among the chorus of prayer and praise. 
taken his seat alongside all the rest of God's people in order to join them in worshiping the true God. But no, he says, no, 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 no. I need to go and stand off by myself. I need to make sure that I am singled out. And so like a sore thumb or perhaps like another finger, he goes and stands by himself. Sorry. There he is. And not only that, he goes even further than that. Because although some translations miss this, they don't totally catch this. It says that the, the Pharisee, that he went, and uh, uh, many translations say that he was praying quietly. But what it literally says is he was praying to himself. To himself. Now, no doubt this means, yes, he was praying perhaps quietly in solitude as he was standing off on his own, on his lonesome. And yet, we can't help but see a little bit of irony there. He's praying to himself. Hmm. Yes, because he, he is the true object of his devotion and of his worship. He is the one who, from whom he expects to find all good things. And so, yes, he is praying quietly and in solitude. And yet, in a sense, he's praying to himself. This is the key first step. If you and I are going to become Pharisees, Fixate on yourself. And I know what you're going to say. Wait a second, Pastor. Wait a second. Didn't Jesus tell us almost the exact opposite of this? That when you pray, don't do it out in public so that everybody would hear you. Don't try to draw attention to yourself, but instead go into the closet, pray in secret. Didn't Jesus say that? Well, yeah, of course he said that. But you want to become a Pharisee, don't you? <laughs> and didn't Jesus say that we're not to seek our own good, but the good of others? That we come not to, to be served, but to serve as he has done. Once again, that's true, folks. But I told you it wasn't going to be easy if you're going to become a Pharisee. And so if you're going to do that, you've got to fixate on yourself and forget those clear, plain words of Jesus. But we can't stop there. You're only one step along the path. So you need to not only fixate on yourself, but also to measure yourself against others, to measure yourself against others. Now, you might think, well, wait a second, how am I going to do that? If I'm fixated on myself, how can I also at the same time be measuring myself against others? This seems too difficult, Pastor. Guys, I told you it was going to be hard, so you just got to bear with me. You got to live in that tension at the same time fixating on yourself while also measuring yourself against others, pulling out that measuring stick and saying, am I really better than the next guy? Because that's what matters most of all. And we see it clearly with the Archduke of Pharisaism here. As he steps up, not only does he stand by himself praying to himself, but he prays. We have to listen to the content of his prayer. Oh God, I thank you. And you might think, well, wait a second, that's a weird start. That actually almost sounds like humility. And gratitude, oh God, I thank you. But just stick with him here. He knows where he's going with this. Oh God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. Extortioners, unjust, even this guy over here. Oh God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. Baptists, bureaucrats, Democrats, anti-vaxxers. Oh God, there are so many people out in the world that I thank you that I am not like them. It's a deft move here. See, if any of us are going to become Pharisees, we've got to measure ourselves against others. 
And you think, well, wait a second, but you still aren't measuring up to God's perfect standard. No, 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 no. Don't worry about God's perfect standard. The only standard that really matters if you're going to become a Pharisee is are you better than the next guy? And how do you do that? Well, you assume the worst about him and you assume the best about yourself. I mean, psychologists have seen this so keenly that they even have a name for it. They call it the fundamental attribution error. The fundamental attribution error in which you assume the worst about others and the best about yourself. You guys all know how this works. To use the obvious example, when you're out driving on the highway and you're cutting across four lanes of traffic and you're not using your turn signal and cutting people off, why are you doing that? Because you're in a hurry. Because you're an important person. You've got places to go and people to see. Anybody could understand that. Now, what about the other guy who's doing the same thing? What about that guy who is cutting you off, even with that Jesus fish bumper sticker? What do you know about that guy? Well, he's a horrible person, obviously. He's a religious hypocrite. He deserves no charity and no understanding. He is clearly worse. You are better. See, this is what's so important to becoming a Pharisee, guys. If you measure yourself against others, it doesn't matter that you yourself be good, but only that you be better than the next guy. And if you're not better than the next guy, find a different next guy. <laughs> step two. But step three follows close and fast after this. Because not only do you measure yourself against others, but you have to have something that you're measuring with. And so the third step is keep score. Oh, make sure that you are keeping score of all of your good deeds, of all the things that you have done. Make sure that you're tallying them up like Ebenezer Scrooge counting his coins. If you can put it on social media for all to see and to like, so much the better, you guys. Do whatever it takes in order to keep score. And once more, when we turn back to the archetype of Pharisaism, the crown prince, the duke himself, we can't help but admire the way that he does this. He says, oh God, I thank you that I'm not like all these other schmucks, but not only that, I want to make clear the basis of my prayer and how I am so much better than them. Uh, let me just read to you, Lord, uh, a few things from my spiritual resume. Uh, and just a couple. I could go on way longer. But uh, first of all, I fast. I know what you're thinking. Wow, he fasts. No, wait, there's more. Twice a week, twice a week, I go without food. Can you believe it? I know, I know. You're, you're just you're shaking your boots up there in heaven, Lord. But there's more. I tithe of almost all that I get. I mean, you know, ish. And I give to different places. But I think in my mind and in my heart, and you probably understand it, adds up more or less to 10%. Can you believe that? Am I a good person or what? It's so important to keep score, to remember all of these things that you have done. But I can already anticipate a concern that some of you are going to raise. You're going to say, Pastor, I've been trying to keep score. And I keep finding myself wanting that when I look at my own heart, when I look at my own spiritual resume, it just doesn't add up. I'm here to help, guys. Some of you are golfers. I know that you are. And uh, every golfer knows how this works. Listen, you hit slice. You hit the opposite of slice. What's the other one? Pull it or whatever. You're hitting it all over the place. It's going in the water. It's going in the sand. What do you do? You give yourself unlimited mulligans, guys. That's what you do. Oh, that's a tough lie in the rough. You just got to kick it over a little bit. That doesn't count. Surely anybody would understand that, right? And so at the end of the day, your score ends up being par golf, maybe even better than that. 
But we need to be clear about this. The other guy that you're golfing with, you need to make sure that he's abiding by the rules. Rules matter, you guys. If we don't have rules, if we don't have law and order, it's just going to turn to chaos. So for yourself, you give a few extra mulligans. But for him, make sure that he sticks to the rules and hold him to that standard. Are we clear on that? If you're going to become a Pharisee, this is a really key point. But once again, you might be wanting to say, Pastor, listen, you're saying all this, but I recognize that even my good deeds, it says in the scriptures, even my good deeds, God prepares them beforehand for me to walk in. Even my good deeds are not really mine at all, but it's the work of God's Holy Spirit in me. Isn't that the case? Okay, details, details, you guys. We're trying to become Pharisees, aren't we? You got to recognize that, yes, even though those good deeds that we might accomplish, even those are gifts of grace. But you got to keep scores if you're doing it. There's just no other way around it. You've got to make sure that you get the credit. Like the time once I was at a, a church, big church, and there was a, the band up front, and I was just so taken with the, the musician. He was rocking out, having a great time. And at the end of the song, as the crowd was going wild, he said, thank you, thank you, God. Just like that, I thought, that's the way to do it. Make sure that you're getting the credit, and God gets a footnote too, because you're keeping score. Three simple steps, how you and I can become Pharisees. Fixate on yourself, measure yourself against others, and keep score. If you do these three things, I can promise you, you are well on your way to becoming a Pharisee. But I need to close with a word of caution. I need to close with a word of caution because, listen, when we are honest with ourselves, each and every one of us, when we look into our heart of hearts, and perhaps not even that deep, you know that your soul is still a slob in deep need of the cleansing love of God. You know that you are an inveterate sin addict, and that as often as you try to, to break those habits, still you're doing the same silly stuff that you were doing a year, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And you might recognize, you might feel this deep need within yourself that, you know what, no matter what I do, no matter how I compare myself, I know that I'm saved if I'm saved at all simply and solely by the grace of God given to me in Jesus. So here's the caution. You might start thinking that way and you're going to start to sound like the, the tax collector in this parable. And listen, do you really want to be like this sad sack guy who says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner who comes before God with empty hands only to receive everything from him. And get this, guys. Jesus says he's the one who goes home justified. If you're coming before God with empty hands, you might end up just like him. And so be warned. The most surefire time-tested way not to become a Pharisee is to acknowledge and admit that you already are one and Christ Jesus saves you just the same. Amen. And may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We stand for prayer.